Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corrin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we have a quite special guest, uh, Kate Ballard, who is going to talk with us today about the art and science with probably some philosophy of saddle fitting. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. And we have a real saddle fitter. A real one. Well, we're going to get into that because... um, (laughs) I have taken saddle fitting classes. I I, I actually took a week-long one, and I profess to have no idea how to make a saddle fit better, only how to tell when they're not. So, Kate, what's your background? So, I um, am British. No. Yes. (laughs) I'm a legal alien, let's say that. Wow. (laughs) I believe you. Um, (laughs) I have been in the States for about 20 years. Um, I have wanted to make saddles since I was the age of 11. Wow. Yeah. And um, when I was 15, I joined the tra- left school, joined the trade, um, worked with a master saddler. And then from there, I went to a trade school in London for three years to learn how to make saddles, bridles, and harness. And within that three-year uh, school, I learned also about um, Lornery, the mechanics of the horse, the muscle structure of horse and rider, um, as well as the making of all the all the piece parts. Um, and so, after my three years there, it was in uh, it was Caldwainers College in Hackney, which is not there anymore. Oh, I know. Um, I did a four year apprenticeship with a master saddler down on the south coast of England. So in England, you have to do a minimum of seven years training um, to become a master saddler. Um, And you are continually examined. So there's different levels. There's level one, two, and three. And you have to do bridle making, saddle making, and harness making in each discipline. You have to do written, oral, and practical exams and you do level one in all three, level two in all three, level three in all three, um, to keep the standard as high as possible. Um, so I trained for seven years. I did all my, well, they're called skills tests. So I did all my, my exams and skills tests. Um, and then I went back to Suffolk, where I'm from, and did two years as a journeyman or an intern, either. Or, so it, it was it's a total of nine years I trained for. I, this makes my heart so happy because one thing I know for sure is that I graduated school after four years undergrad, four years grad school, and continuous education and knew absolutely nothing. And the only way that I learned and the only way I know Dave learned is because we found people who were good and we begged them to let us follow them around. And we did not have to pass competency tests ever. Right. We got certified by showing up or passing a written test that was based on some understanding, but not application. And the reason that I was so excited when I met you is I I want everyone to know that it takes time to be good at something. People want to go to a weekend seminar and, and put their shingle out and call themselves a master of something. And, um, so we truly, as Dave said, we truly have someone who has mastered. And one thing I know about masters is they're always learning. Absolutely. Every day. Always. Yeah. Yes. Because it's the, so hands-on. 
Right, and and every horse will teach you yes. that if you think you know everything, yes, perhaps there's more to learn. Right. So I, I'm I'm fascinated and thrilled to know that that it's worth it to put all those years in. Totally, I am totally addicted to what I do. Nice. <laughs> we we might know something about that <laughs> yeah. since theoretically yeah. Mondays are day yeah. off, no, but I'm, I've been sponge I've like eight days a week. Yes, yeah. uh, and that song, by the way, was written by uh, an English band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought they were called the Beatles. One, yeah. Yes, I think yeah, they were one. called yes. the Beatles. Yeah, People might have heard of them, them yeah. <laughs> right? So, in bringing your skills to the states, how did you begin applying the saddle fitting? Did you start, you know, with, on your own, or did you start? To the, in the States. In the States. I was asked to come and work for a saddlery here in Illinois, actually. And through a mutual friend, the owner of the saddlery approached me and said, would you like to come out and work for us? So I thought, oh, I'm 26. No ties. I thought, yeah, okay. I'll, I came out for an interview and really just fell in love with Chicago. Yeah. Um, Good pizza. Yes, very good. An amazing city, amazing. Yeah. Yes, um, went to school there for four years. I loved Chicago. Absolutely beautiful. Really, yeah. I really fell in love with it, and I thought, you know, I could do this for a year and then go back. Um, and I, I've been here ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand, and there's plenty of horses and plenty of uh, systems that that need help. It is so rare for us to find someone who takes the saddle seriously and you and I met having this conversation with someone showing you how well their horse was going after you changed the saddle and I checked the spine and the spine was thrilled with the (laughs) fact that it was so I was like okay we we need to connect and um what we both had yeah, if we uh, can just drag around every barn we go to. Well, that's it. We, I say people are so uh, in love with their saddles that our advice is take your saddle horse shopping, find a horse that fits under your saddle, and that's the only one to ride. But um, once someone understands that their saddle's a pro- uh, the problem or a part of the problem, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the rider, but well, that's not today's subject, um, how do you evaluate? What's your process? Um, is to do it in the best way to do it is in person. I mean, with COVID, I was doing kind of FaceTime or Zoom fittings, which is complicated. Oh yes, try adjusting there. someone right. over the phone. Yeah, it's no, quite difficult. Terrible. <laughs> um, so it's really just a case of looking at the horse's muscle structure because that tells you everything before they even walk down the aisle you can see a lot what's going on with the horse's muscle structure um and then looking at the saddle on the horse's back without any pads and then we get the rider on and watch them ride and see what's happening when you have them in action um and then you get more and more and more information um to see exactly what's going on but you you also look at you, you tack them up, but you, you're also looking at all the other tack, too, I take it, because... You can't so, help it. Because yeah, you basically, you've been trained in yes. bridles and all that yes. other stuff, too. So you, yes. you know it's not maybe just the saddle. It could be a more than just the saddle part of the tack. Yes. 
totally. It could be at the other bridle and everything, which is a huge the piece. Toe well, the bridle is so important to be fitted. You see so many bridles with the buckles right up by the horse's oh, ears. Oh, gosh. I, I want to get into that. I want to stick with the saddle for a little bit because I really want to talk about the bridles and how many issues we have neurologically with damage on the nose oh, and, and every... And people go, oh, like, oh, why yeah. are the pole? And why yeah. is the hyoid yeah. sticking straight out? But I'm going yeah. to get to that after because <laughs> I, I don't so want to skip. So I know what we'll often do is flip over the saddle pad and you know, on a, on someone, and go well. Um, only a part of your saddle is even contacting the horse. Here's a clue, right. and then you know we'll see the. I said if you can put your saddle on and you see air, um, that's not a good thing because it perhaps should touch the horse's back, not the panels. The panels. The panels. Should, yeah. Yes, so absolutely. so is is there. Um, like, how does someone know when to call you? Not that I don't think everyone should call her immediately <laughs> because you can't know what you don't know. So right. you really need someone to evaluate. But you what are the alarm to... alarms that would go off that you know my saddle is not fitting? Horses stopping. Like. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly yep. what we say too. Yeah. You don't call Most the psychic first. You call. Yeah. 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 Usually, usually they won't go forward. Okay. Yeah, or they're inverting. Their heads go up and they invert. Um, oh, I love you again. <laughs> I, we've just met. I'm uh, sorry, Dave, but you know. Oh, I understand. I can't tell you how many times we tell people that there's pain at the back of the saddle because of the bridle and pain in the bright at the at the pole because of the saddle because superficial dorsal line and right. chains and totally. all of those things and yep. stopping and you lateral know. movement. Right, because when horses so the lateral movement and the lift comes from the base of the wither. So when they're trapped there and they can't lift, they just invert, and so you lose the real lateral movements. Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah, so you can yes. see... Yes. <laughs> just <laughs> yes. You see the overdevelopment of the trapezius muscle at the base of the wither, where the traps and the lats come in. There's always... There's usually an... Um, an overdevelopment of that yes. muscle. Yes. Yeah, and a tenderness of that inversion. muscle. And absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, will you also find that people don't know how to use a girth properly? Yes. Yes. I. So I am not a fan of elastic. Okay. Because it allows people to over-tighten the girth. That was my question. Stretching the elastic just keeps going and going and going. So um, I like no elastic or maybe an inch of elastic in the, in the buckle area, just so you've got some resistance and you can't over-tighten it. Because what we see with the over-tightening is so many issues with the sternum and so many issues yep. at, at that hole they can't lift because yep. it's tied yep. down the fascial layers are and so yep. uh, yeah there is this belief that if tight is good then tighter no. is better no. and um, I'm glad that's not okay um, so when you go about constructing a saddle mm -hmm. how what is what is involved with that oh there's oh a deep breath gosh. you should have seen that breath <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, might be another hour oh, yeah um, <laughs> or two it's so so if if i'm making a saddle for somebody 
Um, we start with the tree first, with the saddle tree, which is laminated beech wood and um, has steel plating in it in the gullet area and the head plate and everything. Um, we have to find the tree that conforms to the shape of the horse because you can't build on a wonky foundation. And true, that metaphor is true for everything. Right? Yes. Yes. So the tree has to fit the horse first. Um, and then we'll... We strain webs, which is like the hammock, really, what the rider actually sits in, and then you put cross webs on, and then you build the seat, and then you cut the patterns of the leather, and it's quite it it's quite a, extensive. It is very very extensive. Do you build differently for the scapula being perhaps different, or the shoulders different on both sides of the horse, or is no. that not you? No. You, so that isn't necessary if the saddle's in the right position? Correct. <laughs> because the saddle has to sit between T8 and T18. Wow. Well, we've had so that much conversation. For the people. Yes, we've had that where they're putting it literally Way on forward. five, and then the scapula are there. And uh, my favorite response was, but that's how I can see. So I, our idea yeah, so was, it was a very, get a shorter very short ride, Very short rider. <laughs> riding a very large horse who always went with his head straight up in the air. Yeah. And for us, we'll say, you know, I, I am a strong person, but if you put a two-year-old on my shoulders and they shift an inch to the right, I can't move forward. Yep. Right? Yeah, totally. It's um, the most common thing, most common question that I get is where to put the saddle. That's the most common problem is people don't actually know where the saddle I'm, is supposed to sit. And they don't know where T8 is. That's true no. also. I mean, no. I teach them to count up from 18 yes. because I can help them find 18 yes. and it's very difficult for yes. them to, right. you know, assume that three is the top and right. they can't find it. So um, counting up is... Right. So two, eight is roughly two fingers behind the back of the scapula. Perfect. And you want... A hand's width between the elbow and the girth. That's another oh, good tool. Yes. Whereas I just had this conversation yesterday, so I hope you're listening. It does not go at the back of the elbow. No. And this was <laughs> yesterday's conversation, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, the elbow has to move. You right. can't have it bash into right. the girth there. And yeah. Because the on the other side, the other front leg, the you have to allow the scapula to swing back to allow that front leg to go forward mm -hmm. and also you have to allow the other leg to go back yes so that's why you get that paddle mm -hmm. yes short step a day, a, yeah. we call it a daisy cutter <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. i mean that that yeah. makes that makes so much sense and what about horses you know as they are changing like i know we see a lot of horses with bridging saddles and they're like, well, it, it was fit to them. I'm like, well, what's happened since it was fit? Oh, right. they were on stall rest for three weeks, or right. they are, so they've lost top line. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, so that's why I always, always do wall wall panels. I don't do anything foam because you can adjust it. You can rebalance the saddle. You by can reflock. Adjusting the wall. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, we I, see that a lot with saddles. We I tell people if you buy a, a non-flockable saddle, yeah. it's like a throwaway saddle because eventually it's not going to fit. You, oh yeah, I bought this. My horse was four. Guess <laughs> what? When he's eight, right. it's not the same size horse. No. So it's not the same saddle. So no. you just bought a saddle. You're going to throw away. 
Uh, we've we've had this many discussions like this. I mean, yeah. we do ba- very basic saddle fitting. We check the tree. Yeah. We check always, the we always, check the always. we check to make sure there's equal equal pressure from the front mm-hmm. part of the pad all the way to the back. Yeah. And we flip it over, make sure there's enough space for the tr- in the for the for the channel. Make yeah. sure the channel's wide enough. Yeah. I mean, that's our basic saddle fitting. Yeah. Uh, we don't necessarily. Watch people go in the whole, go and go under the saddle. And then we tell them to call you. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. that goes beyond <laughs> us then because, yeah. At that point, and, and every rider rides differently. So depending Absolutely. on how they ride is depending on how you're gonna what type of saddle or how the saddle is gonna totally, set. Totally, because we're all individual and our horses are too. Uh, yes, and it's not always as simple as male female because right. uh, I've noticed not all men are built alike and right. not all women are built alike. Right. And to just assume that there is a angle this way and an yes. angle that way it, it it's not it's too simple yeah okay so I, i'm glad to hear that and now now i'll let us move on to the bridal part <laughs> um so i you let's just let's put it this way what is the biggest issue you see with the bridles the buckles right up around up by the ears wow. because the years ago Horses' heads were a lot bigger. Interesting. And the bits were a lot, bit rings were a lot smaller. So the bridal makers, in their wisdom, haven't really changed their <laughs> measurements <laughs> from the 1800s. Oh, yeah. So, you know, breeds are changing and changing all the time. You don't get those big, stocky, warm bloods anymore. Right. Big, round, roly-polies. They're Perhaps mostly, in Ireland I've seen a few, but maybe, not, not but, much. Right. There, there's so much thoroughbred coming into the... There's so much thoroughbred coming in. Yes, absolutely. And so you get that thoroughbred top line. So the, the heads have changed, um, and the cheek pieces need to be a lot shorter because actually the buckles all should line yes. up. At the corner of the eye. Oh, so I when as soon as this is over, we are measuring my horse's face because I've not found a bridle that I felt wasn't cruel to him because of the way. Yes, it's, really, it's best to buy piece parts. Yes, and, and that that makes sense. It makes me feel. And I actually spoke to my dentist about the bit mm-hmm. and what it should be, and I got information that was valuable, but I couldn't apply it mm-hmm. because just knowing. The width of the mouth yep. didn't actually translate when I put a bit that was supposed to fit. Right. It didn't. Right. So, uh, you know, it, that, that's why it can't always be a numbers game. Yeah. I don't want a seven. I want <laughs> so a six and three quarters. And what about nosebands? Nosebands, when the horse moves their back legs, they, they open their jaw and the tongue moves forward. So nose bends, you don't want to see people's foot literally on the nose tight. Yes, I had one the other day that had... That's an exaggeration. No, I had one the other day that had buckle marks on both sides from where they tightened it down. Yes. You are effectively telling them not to go forward. Do <laughs> you hear that, people? Let's yes. one, one more for the people in the back of the room. Yes, please. So, if you put the noseband on too tight, the horse can't move forward. And then, if you kick them harder, all you do is make them crazy because you're saying, "Stop, go, stop, go, stop, go." And th- there's many times we yeah. see this happen. Yeah. But um, I, I would love to find people to. How do you? address the fact that they want 
their belief system is that they can't get them to drop their heads without some pressure on the nose, um, other than tell them ride differently. Is there any intermediate <laughs> behavior? Um, oh and it's okay if you say no. It's perfectly okay to say no, because um, I absolutely only want us to talk about what's best. People are going right. to do what they're going to do. They are going to do absolutely what they're going to do. And the minute I leave the barn, the, the, usually the, the, the saddle goes straight back up on the shoulders. Oh, I, you know, yes. It, it's, but I am very <laughs> respectful not to cross into another person's right. area. I stay in my lane. So a lot of the time, the nose bands and things like that could be because that's what the train, how the trainer is right. wanting the horse to go, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So unless I'm asked, I won't comment because I, it's, it's safer that way. It's I, I, yes. I understand that, and I but I just want you to people out there hear that there are choices, and yes, yes, it's sometimes I get that you know you don't have the time when you're going to show on the weekend to mm-hmm. do all the training that it will take and do this, but but minimizing the damage you do, and understanding how it's going to affect how the horse goes. We're all about the mobility, and if you're losing mobility in the back, it may not because be because it needs to be injected. Right. It may be because you have the brakes on. Yeah. Totally. And we'll talk about harnesses another day because my my I do not believe my harness fits my mini. I just not believe anymore. that he um, has a very good heart and will go in anything. I could wrap him in duct tape and he'd go forward. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so how often do you recommend people have their saddles checked and evaluated? Um, at least minimum once a year it's like getting a car service okay you know and and age dependent if they're younger do you do it more often or is it really it, that can yes, be adequate it, it no usually gosh sometimes <laughs> i see people every six weeks sometimes i never see them again um <laughs> yes you told me something i didn't want to hear <laughs> <laughs> um it depends if it's a young horse, if it's a new saddle, because they all behave differently. Um, rule of thumb, three to six months. Okay, excellent. And last question is, is are stirrups a part of saddle fitting? Or are they more, you know, rider it preference? The rider. Well, it, true. It but do you, do you include stirrups no, in your... Okay. I don't. Most, I know... All the the different type. I keep up with the times, right? But um, I think it is a, a personal preference. Okay, good. So it it, it isn't that um, there's ones that are absolutely the right angle for the saddle or things no. like that. It's really because everyone's no. leg is different. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Well, I'm thrilled. We already know we want you back. So this is a good story. If people want to contact you, how what is the best way to for them to reach out to you? Um, phone and email. Okay, we will have that listed on the podcast, and I will also post it when uh, this is coming up. And we are beyond thrilled to have Kate here. So if you have questions for her, feel free to send them to us at equiline.com, and we will make sure that we get them answered in our next podcast. So for today, this is Dr. Wendy Corrin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an Equiline podcast.